Yep, you ready to go? So for those that um, weren't here a couple of weeks ago, I, I opened up a series on the power of the transformed mind. And um, I talked about Romans 12, 2, and 1, 2, and 3. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewed mind so you can prove the will of God. So the renewed mind proves the will of God. And um, Sam and Jonathan, I just had a word for you guys I just, I just felt the pleasure of the Lord over the way you honour people and the way you honour the Lord and the way you honour. There's, I just, even though I only know you a little bit, um, the, the, the purity of your hearts is so towards the Lord and so towards God. And God's going to reward that in, in big, big ways because he, he he's like, oh, I found a couple of brothers that I can trust with anything. And they're not going to tarnish it, destroy it. And so, yeah, I just had that while you guys were worshipping. Cool. Awesome. All right, so, good Lily. Uh, bless that man. Um, so, the renewed mind, so a little bit of a recap, but I'd encourage you to uh, jump on the podcast or the YouTube and, and uh, catch up to where we're up to. But this, we're going to jump into part two. Um, the renewed mind really... It's not, it's not thinking more intellectual in, the, in Christianity. That's, that's not what it is. It's not mind over matter, as the world system would tell you. It's, it's, it's a, a spiritual transformation of thinking from a different system of thinking. Yeah? It's a different way of thinking than the world. Um, I mean, I love, there's a number of verses in here around honouring the government and honouring things like that. And, you know, we believe in all of those things, um, but they think abortion's okay. They just have a different worldly system than we do. And so I, I think we need our minds and our hearts anchored in a different way of thinking, in a different system than the world. And, and so, you know, we, we are on this journey, I believe, of what God wants to do here in that we would come to a unity of faith and a unity of, a, as a unity of spirit as a body of believers that we actually come into alignment with the head. <laughs> He's the head, we're the body, and that we're on the, we're on the process of a journey of thinking like the head thinks, which is obviously Jesus, not me. And, and that we would come into alignment with how he thinks, responds, acts, and does life. And I, I really believe that we can be in a place where if we watch over the things of our mind and we watch what comes in and we watch what influences us and we meditate on, by the way, we can all meditate, all of us. We've done it for our entire life. It's called worry. Now we need to learn how to meditate in a different world, in a different way of living. And, and so we, need to, we, we get to go on this journey of meditating on the things of the Lord. And I believe when we watch over the things in our mind, we won't have to watch over the things that come out of our mouth and the way that we live our life. Yeah? Yes? Okay, are you, are you, are you with me? All right, so... Go, turn with me. We're going to go to two portions of Scripture. Colossians 3 is our first 
point, but let me just, so go there and I'll frame this up. Because what I really want to go after is that the renewed mind needs to become an experience that we, that we actually live out of. It's not just theory that puffs up and more knowledge. It's actually a person that we encounter that changes the way we think, live, and do life. And if, if, if this doesn't lead into a practical outworking or a practical experience, it will become just religion. Thanks, John. Um, so, a while ago, I was sitting, um, I was sitting with someone, and I had this thought. Or actually, there was about twenty of us in a room, and this very, very well-known preacher was sharing just some thoughts around the gospel. And there was about fifteen or sixteen leaders in the room that were saying. How do I take what you're saying the gospel is and put it into my church environment and setting? Because these were all church leaders, right? And you could see this man was very confused. It was Graham Cook, for those that know Graham Cook. And he was confused about what they were trying to... He's like, no, no, no. This is the gospel. This is the renewed mind. Don't try and take that and try and implement it into a worldly system. And so my brain went to, it's like trying, it's like there's a bunch of people trying, they're, they're playing, you know, golf. And then the gospel comes along and it's soccer because that's kingdom. <laughs> right? And then... They, we're trying to take the things of soccer and implement them into golf. And God's like, hey, listen, I'm playing a completely different sport. I'm doing something completely different. Some of the principles might work, but principles will only go so far. Presence of a person is what we're after. Amen? And so... Another, another great, I'm just setting this up where we'll get to Colossians 3, but John Wimber said, if you give two facts to uh, a Western world in that coffee only grows in humid and hot climates, right, fact number one, and fact number two is in, a, in Antarctica, it's really cold. Could you grow coffee in Antarctica? A Westerner will say, no. A Hebrew person will say, I don't know, I haven't been there. I haven't tried it. It's, an, it's a mindset that leads to an experience. It's not just facts and information. The renewed mind should take us into a practical experience of the outworking of Jesus. All right, Colossians 3, you there? Verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. Well, it's our, our main verse here is set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now turn with me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, and we're going to just go to verse 10. I'm not going to read the whole parable. We don't have time. You probably know it. It's the parable of the sower and the seed. Then the disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you, now listen to this, this is awesome. To you it has been given to know the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. To them it has not been given. We've been given access to the mysteries and the secrets of heaven. Yay. Right. Now if we go to verse... Eighteen. Here then the parable of the sower, this is Jesus explaining the parable. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which has been sown in his heart. Right? We're going to pause there. That word understanding is our word. Hear then the parable of the soul. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. That word understanding is the word, one of the, one of the um, elements of that word is the word to know practically through experience. So... If I was up here, and like I said last week, for those that were here when Jenny Willits came and, and spoke about um, Stable One and homelessness in our area and feeding the poor and giving to those in need, there wouldn't be a Christian on the planet that would go, Amen, we need to do that. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine going into any church on planet Earth and saying, Hey, we need to feed the homeless and we need to feed the poor and we need to look after the vulnerable. Most Christians would go, Amen, right? If that never turns into a practical outworking, it just becomes more head knowledge. And then the next time we come into church, we go, Amen, Amen, Amen. And it just becomes religion. It never becomes a practical outworking of the renewed mind to outwork this thing called the gospel, to prove the will of God. So... What we need to do, if there's something that resonates in our heart here, he says every, in Matthew 13 there, he says, they heard the word. What's the word in that parable? It's a seed. So the seed goes into the soil of your heart and you say, amen, you heard it. But if it doesn't turn into a practical outworking of an experience with the Lord, it just becomes, it, we, it's like we open ourselves up to the enemy to come and snatch that seed for it to never take root in our life. It's not, it's not a salvation issue. It's a mindset issue that actually gets to, for us to practically outwork. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we hear things week after week, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's in, in church, whether it's just we're reading our scripture. Uh, how many know you can make church, I know we've joked about being in this, this building and 
you know, we've joked about, oh, it's pews and it's, you know, we've, we've had our fun with it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's different for us. But the reality is you can make anything religious. You can make worship religious. You can make reading your Bible religious. You can make anything you want religious. Form without power. So the, 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 the secret is the heart posture. We come in, we go, hey, I'm here today. I'm going to open my heart up to not just, not just hear head knowledge so that I can be puffed up, but so I can have my mind transformed so I can prove the will of God. So it can lead into a practical experience that transforms my life, that transforms the world, that transforms this region. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's we there's so many things that we would go hey amen the seed gets planted what's the seed it's the word of God he's living and active in our world today it's the word of God it's Jesus in the flesh it's Jesus in spirit coming into our well no he's not in the flesh but you know what I mean he coming into our spirit. And we're like, amen. We, it's God's will to heal the sick. Amen. It's, it's this. These are the reasons. We're like, amen. And then it's like, okay, how do I take that and make that a practical outworking so it doesn't become just head knowledge? Oh, there's multiple answers. But I can, I can tell you one of them that I want to hit. It's intimacy with God. That is the answer. Is that what you're going to say? Waiting on the Lord. Out of intimacy with God, you and I get to destroy the works of the devil. Out of intimacy with God, you and I get to display the kingdom, the king's domain on planet earth. Man, what a privilege. There are, there are things, there are mysteries, there are secrets hidden in the heart of God. You, you know, uh, is it Proverbs or Psalms? Proverbs 23, I think it is, where he says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us so that we can actually go on the journey of the renewed mind in searching out the mysteries of God because the thing, I'm telling you, the things that he wants to give Glory City Church, the things that he wants to give us as individuals, as families, as a, as a body, as a bride, if we saw them in its fullness right now, it would crush us. So he gives it to us in breadcrumbs, not to, ta- not to, to, to taunt us, but to say, hey, come on the journey so I can renew your mind so you can think like I, I think, so you can actually hold the glory of God in such a way that it won't kill you and crush you. I, I believe that. I believe there are things in the, in the heavenly realms to do with education, to do with business, to do with family, to do with, you know, my wife's in the education uh, industry and I reckon once a month we have a little conversation over a cup of tea and I'm like, 
oh, let's just start a school. Like, because <laughs> I want to see education just be more than maths and English. And I, I'm, I'm, I love maths and English. We all do. It's a part of who we are as people and it's a good thing. But I'm like, we have, we have a world right now in Australia, we have the highest youth suicide rate in the world per capita. Something's got to change. And the answer is in the heavenly realm. The answer is in the renewed mind. There are things in businesses and the way we do business, and the way we, uh, speaking of the chosen, I don't know if you'd listened to the testimony, but they were struggling to provide the funds to do season two, three, four, five, six, and seven. They weren't getting what they wanted and needed to do those season. So he made it free during COVID. When he made it free, he got more than enough for season two and three. That doesn't make sense, but in his kingdom it does. Yeah? In his kingdom, give it, give it away. Oh, what, what, in his kingdom, multiplication of food, five loaves, two fishes, that'll do. There are things in business that just defy the logic of human reasoning in ways that seem right to a man. That's in the Bible. It's Proverbs 14. There's human wisdom and ways that seem right to a man. Guess what? They lead to death. That's what it says. But there is, there is a renewed mind that proves the will of God. And I believe if it just becomes more head knowledge and it just becomes more puffed up knowledge, then we, it doesn't lead to a practical experience. The enemy has legal access to come in and snatch it away as opposed to going, hey, amen, I'm going to meditate on the things of God. I'm going to ponder the things of the Lord and I'm going to let them seep into my heart. But then I'm going to actually let them become a practical outworking as well. And that we would have our hearts and our minds anchored in a system of another realm. We need to. We need, if we're going to see what we've all been praying for and believing for and a move of God and great things, he wants to do it. Do, do you know that? God's not like, well, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to have a move of me in the world. He's like, no, he, he told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the best definition of the will of God we have. All right, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth here as it is there. So you and I now have access to there and we want to bring it here. People used to say to me many, many, many years ago, they said, Lily, um, They, anyone listening back to this, like in five years' time, will be like, what the heck? No, they said, oh, Liam, you're just one of those Holy Spirit guys, aren't you? And they, they used a phrase, they said, you know, there's people that are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Do you know that's impossible? You can't be so heavenly minded that you're earthly irrelevant. When we're so heavenly minded, we're earthly incredible. It's impossible to be heavenly minded and be useless on planet Earth. That's, that's, that's not how it works. Here he says, set your mind on things above, not on things of Earth we would become, that we would be a people that would become so heavenly minded that we'd be earthly incredible. 
not to get accolades for us, to give him, to prove the will of God, to give him his reward. That's the, that's the mandate that we are on. That's the mandate for this church. And after two weeks ago, I'll just be really honest, I had like two weeks ago when I preached on the Renewed Mind, I, I, that week, I was tired a little bit. That was a part of it. We had two weddings uh, in that week. But there was, uh, like, I felt an atmosphere and, a, and a, there, it was like I was picking up on spiritual atmosphere that was happening in our region and in, our, uh, in my own life and in just what I feel like we've cracked open in the things of the Renewed Mind. And, you know, we, not to be, again, not to put guilt or shame on anyone, but it's like Jesus says, do not worry. Okay, that means it's possible not to worry. Or, okay, otherwise Jesus is a liar. You know, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Okay, it's possible to be anxious for nothing. And I feel like often, if I can be as bold to say this, Rome, actually go, go with this, isn't in my notes, but go with me to Romans, um, Romans 6.14. We're just going to hit this. Hmm. Greater is he, right? Listen to this. The environment around you, this isn't Romans, but the environment around you, does not have legal access to determine the environment within you. It's the other way around. The environment within you should always trump the environment without, around you. If you need a biblical verse for that, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Trials will come, but have good faith, I have overcome the world. <laughs> John 5, what does Jesus say? He says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But these testify about me. You can read this book all you want. If, we, if it doesn't become a practical experience of an intimacy relationship with the one called Jesus, it will be knowledge that puffs up or it will be, it, it, you have amen the word, you've heard the word, but it won't lead to understanding. It won't lead to you can grow coffee in Antarctica. It won't lead to a move of God in our own life. Whatever, put the circumstance that's, that's swirling in your life there and go, okay, that's going on right now. Jesus wants to take that. Every problem, I don't believe this. I'm going I'm to hit a couple of things. These are just all, yeah. Um, I don't believe everything that happens is the will of God. Right, I don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe that because if we believe that, we have to attribute rape, murder, child molestation, all those things to God's nature. And I just don't subscribe to that. That's not the will of God. Um, he, he, Romans 8.28, he says he causes all things to work together for good. That means not everything that happens is the will of God and God's goodness. Right? There's sin, destruction, calamity in the world. You don't have to look too far to say amen to that. Right? And so with that then, right, we've now been given the ability to go, hey, I'm going to cancel that assignment. I'm going to, 
what is it, Matthew 16, it says, bind what is bound in heaven, loose what is loosed in heaven, right? So now we have a situation that's happening, right, around us or in us or wherever, whatever it's going on, and there's a mindset that you and I get to have our, our root system go deep in because uh, we're the planting of the Lord, the oaks of righteousness, Isaiah 61, right? And we have our mindset in, anchored in a different realm, in a different way of thinking, right? And something comes along, whether it's, it's oh, I'm feeling depressed, or I'm feeling anxious, or these, these worry, like this week, last week that I had, I was like, man... I caught up with Graham and we you know, talked talk through some stuff and I was like, man, this is not like me. This is not the normal experience of my life. You know, I don't ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I got Jesus inside me. Life's good. I'm full of joy and hope. And it's like, it's very rare for me to kind of experience these things. But I was experiencing something in the spirit and I'm like, hang on, these thoughts that I'm having right now are not my own thoughts, right? That's why we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. But if we have a mindset that everything that's happened is there ordained by God to somehow grow my character, we'll have a twisted view of the Father. However, I do believe there are circumstances and situations that arise because of a promise from God and He says, I've actually equipped you to speak to that thing and tell it to leave. I've actually given you all authority there isn't a problem on planet Earth that God hasn't equipped you for to come against, to face against, that he doesn't have a solution for. Do you know how you get that? Out of intimacy. It's not like you, you can't come to a, a, a situation that's extreme or maybe it's, 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 you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's just loved one. Maybe whatever it is that's going on in your life. And it's an extreme situation. And then you're like, all right, now I've got to try and muster up faith. That doesn't work. It's, it's very hard to do that. There might become a gift of faith that comes on you and that might happen and that happens from time to time. But in the bedroom, in our intimate place with the Lord, in our closet where we get to know him, and then we're faced with a situation in front of us and we're like, hang on, I've been spending time with my father and this thing needs to go. It's very different. That's the process that you and I get to go on in the renewed mind. That's the process where we learn, okay, you know, and sometimes, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, a journey of that. And, and I tell you, if there's situations in your life that you're facing over and over again, and you're like, man, when is this thing going to break? Maybe we haven't learned our lesson. <laughs> I know there's things that have happened that in my life. I'm not talking healing or sickness in that circumstance. But there are things in my life that, you know, um, years ago, don't have this issue now, but money, great example. You know, the Lord wants to take maybe that strong hold that I had on finances and he just wanted to crush it. And now I've got history with God. I can tell you circumstance after story after story of where God's provided. So now the next time that I'm faced off, oh, geez, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to feed our family? How are we going to do this? I'm like, if I can go into worry and anxiousness or I can trust my history with God and let that renew my mind to have a practical outworking of, hey, 
I have a good father, he's gonna provide. I don't need to worry, I've got my mind anchored and my heart anchored in another world. Does that make sense? Yeah. I learnt the lesson. It's not that everything goes perfect, it's when the circumstances arise because of the promise of God, I'm equipped with the provision that I need to tell that promise, that thing to change. Are you, are you tracking? Yeah. By the way, I want that anointing off of this child. I tell you what, he needs to lay hands on me and everyone that needs sleep anointing, right? Get that child to lay hands on you and just pour. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we? Romans 6, and we'll finish with this. Hmm. Verse 12. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Whose passions? Its passions. Are they your passions or its passions? Was it an internal problem or an external problem? Do not let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Do not let sin reign in your mortal, bo mortal body. Think often we think every thought that we have is our own and it's not. I don't know how many times I've been in young adults places and I've said, hey, who has ever had a thought to run their car off the road? Everyone's hands go up. That's not the thought or the will of God. Not every thought that we have is our own thought. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. When we've shared this with people, say, why do you wear armour? not to contain the sin it's to keep from the fiery darts that try and come against us out helmet of salvation breastplate of righteousness sword shield shoes belt we wear the armor of god for the things that are external that are trying to rule and reign us and so that we have our mindset rooted in the worldly system not in this system there isn't a quick fix for this. There isn't a, um, there isn't a like magic tablet that we take and then it just switches. It's, it's gotta be a yielded heart of, Christianity isn't saying no to a million things, it's saying yes to a person. Christianity is saying yes to Jesus and then all these things become insignificant or just lesser. Intimacy with God is, is the key. It's the key. It's, it's, I am... Um,
I really believe if, if, if we read our scripture, we, and I said it two weeks ago, I don't read to teach. I've, I've just never done that in 12 years of preaching. I don't read my Bible to teach you guys something. I, I, I did it once. I, I didn't like it. And that was it. I read my Bible to know him. And then out of that, you get what he's put inside of me. We can't come to this to just have good doctrine or good theology. And I love good doctrine. I love good theology. We need it. But it should lead us to him. That's John 5. You search the scriptures. You think in them you have eternal life. These testify about me. These lead to an encounter, not just a theory, not just good head knowledge, not just an amazing sermon that lasts two hours. We get home. What did Liam preach on again? This, if you have a vaccine, and I'm not going to teach on that, <laughs> don't worry, but if you have a vaccine, it's a little bit of the disease to stop you from getting the full thing. I wonder if sometimes in Christianity we inoculate ourselves from Jesus because we only take a little bit. We only take a little bit of Jesus when he's like, hey, you can have all of me. I want all of you with all of me. I want it to consume your life. the way you do marriage, the way you do family, the way you do ministry. Out of intimacy, we get to destroy the works of the devil. That's the mandate you and I have been given. That's the journey we're on. And that's what, on, on the 23rd, we want to share some of this. You know, we've got some great things coming up. This is a, I say this often, but you know, this church, the, whole, the, the gathering of the believers, the gathering of the saints, you know, we sh we'll never forsake it. It's important. It's not the high point of Christianity, but it's important. High point of Christianity is you knowing you're a son or a daughter of God and being intimate with the Father. That's it. But this is a Holy Spirit terrorist training center that we would equip the saints for the work of ministry so you can go out into the world that is dying, that desperately needs a saviour, and you can represent Jesus to the world around you. Know Jesus, make him known. And it comes through the renewed mind because it proves the will of God. Uh, I'm personally on a, on a fast right now. If, if you want to join me, please join me. I'm fasting because I just believe... Um, I want to, I'm removing things from my life so that I can have my vision clear, set my eyes on, on that. I'll, I'll let you do with that with what you want to do with the Lord. But, you know, we, we want to, I want to see healthy people. And part of that is healthy minds, healthy mindsets, healthy way of living, healthy marriages, healthy friendships, healthy display of the kingdom of God. Um, and two of the things that we've done to do that, we've got uh, 
Sarah Cheeseman. Does anyone know who Sarah Cheeseman is? Some of you do, the happy prophet. Um, she's coming in July. We're going to do some prophetic stuff. She's going to be with us for three days, just teaching on the prophetic. And then um, in August, we're going to do a love after marriage course for, uh, for people, just equipping our marriages. And, um, and Catherine Ronala from Glory City Brisbane is going to be with us as well. But I would encourage you to not just take this message and let it be something you go, Amen. Ask the Lord, how can I practically outwork what he wants me to do or learn or be in this season right now? Not talking about ministry necessarily. It might be that. It might be something else that the Holy Spirit prompts you to start to outwork. It might be your time, it might be volunteering at Stable One, it might be ministry, it might be something else, it might be a business that you've been wanting to start, it might be something else. But I, I believe that the Lord is out of intimacy wanting to awake the bride into a new level of outworking of his spirit of God. That we wouldn't just be passive Christians that come to church to tick the church box. That we'd come here, we get trained up, we get equipped, we get sent out to destroy the works of the devil because that's the mandate we've been given. Amen? All right, why don't you stand? I'm just going to wait on him. Holy Spirit, I just, we want all of you, God. We want all of you. Right now, I just loose the spirit of peace in this room over mindsets that have plagued people for years. For those that are in prison, I just pray that the shackles right now would come off people's minds, people's hearts. God would be renewed. There'd be an injection of your Holy Spirit and it would be the full dose. It wouldn't be a little bit of you. It would be the full dose right now. I thank you for an awakening of sons and daughters of God in our nation. I thank you for the youth of this nation right now, that they would know you, that they would have deep encounters of your love. I pray for the adults of this nation, God, that are struggling, that are bound in addictions, that are bound in worry, that are bound in mindsets that have robbed them of freedom, that you came to set the captives free and release prisoners, give recovery of sight to the blind. And right now, I just release your presence in this room, God. That you would bind what is bound in heaven and we would loose what is loosed in heaven. So right now, I just pray there'd be a family, a kingdom family called Glory City Church that would rise up to display your work of the kingdom out in our world, in our businesses, in our families, 
in our marriages, in the way we parent as mums and daughters. God, I just, pr I just pray for the women right now in our nation, for mothers, for daughters, for grandmas. I pray for the generations. And I pray for the men, for the sons, for the fathers and for the grandfathers, God, that there'd be a, a, a unity of spirit, that people would no longer feel lonely, that they'd feel like they belong, that they would know they're a part of a family. Pray for a new display of your glory on planet Earth. A display of your presence. An outworking of your kingdom, God. Lord, as we started this year, we said we're going to seek your face without our own preconceived ideas. And we just come back, we recalibrate to that, Lord, and we say, come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Whoa. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Let this be more than just head knowledge that might last a week or two weeks. Let this be an encounter with your presence, with the person of Jesus that would last a lifetime. That we would know you. That we would intimately know you like a man knows his wife. Hmm. Like Adam knew Eve, God, we want to know you like that. We want to know you intimately, Lord. Thank you, God.